So, hi everybody, my name is Jane Kenny. And my name is Randy Burke. And today we are going to talk about the coronavirus and its impact on national and personal landscapes. And the title of this is Coronascapes. So, just a quick overview of what uh, coronavirus is. So, it's defined as um, by the World Health Organization as a large family of viruses which may cause illness in animals or humans. In humans, several coronavirus are known to cause respiratory infections ranging the common cold to more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory System and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. So, it is known that the coronavirus started in Wuhan, China, and the first reported case to the World Health Organization in China was on December 31st, 2019, and at that point it was noticed as an unknown type of pneumonia. And it was actually declared a global health emergency January 30th, 2020, so not even a month after. Despite the, the common name of coronavirus, it wasn't until February 11, 2020 that the name did change from coronavirus to COVID-19. And this was also announced by the World Health Organization. And shortly after that, exactly a month later actually, the World Health Organization declared a public outbreak of COVID-19 as a pandemic. And a pandemic is a global outbreak of disease. So one of the main questions about uh, coronavirus and especially the people that are uh, being affected by it is the question of how does it spread? So the new coronavirus, um, which is a respiratory virus, spreads primarily through droplets generated when an infected person coughs or sneezes um, or through droplets of saliva discharged from the nose. To protect yourself, you can clean your hands frequently with alcohol-based hand rub or wash Um, One of the common myths about this is that people think it is airborne, but actually if you go on the World Health Organization, um, it strictly says that because the droplets are too heavy, um, it tends to fall closer to the floor in areas like that, which is why it's so important to make sure you're cleaning up where you go because it's not necessarily airborne, but droplets do stay put where where they fall. Yeah, it's definitely super important, like you said, Randy, to understand how it spreads because if we are aware of how it spreads and the proper precautions that we can take in order to minimize that as much as possible, then it can definitely help impact and decrease the amount that it spreads and then therefore we can decrease like how many people are affected as a result. Yeah, and so far a lot of people, um, I don't think at first we're necessarily taking all these pre precautions as maybe seriously as they needed to, which is why we may be seeing this uh, huge pandemic spread over so far and so long. Um, And like there are definitely measures put in to help prevent these. Like I said, um, a lot of countries are in lockdown or state of emergencies. Um, Schools and non-essential businesses are ordered to close. Um, But one of the main ones that a lot of people I don't think really understood the importance at first was the social distancing from six feet apart. I totally agree. A lot of people haven't been taking it seriously and they kind of 
approach a situation as though if it may not necessarily be impactful to them then it's not necessarily a priority to them or because we didn't see it here for so much longer compared to the outbreaks but the original outbreaks in china for example it took a long time for people here to really practice and recognize the importance of social distancing and the idea behind this is that if you are six feet apart from each other then chances are if you do cough or if any type of droplet or saliva is discharged from your body then chances are it won't reach the other person so that is another way that people are trying to prevent and decrease the amount of spread that happens mm-hmm. and that is definitely really recommended across friends family everybody it's a it's a big one that government agencies are pushing i also think that in this terms of social distancing a lot of people um, might have gotten confused by the term social distancing and social isolation or in like self-quarantine so a lot of people who traveled from outside of the country or the province at this point um, were meant to come home and self-quarantine which would be you know to be within your own space for every amount of time that would include using your own bathroom your own it would be your own everything or like your own household to make sure that you do not develop these symptoms within these two weeks but I think some people took it as when they came home they could social distance instead of self-quarantine sometimes which could be why we see all these cases rise and rise every single day yeah definitely you're so right it's definitely it's important that people are aware of which they need to be practicing at a given time and to prioritize that and to execute that so that we do diminish the spread. Another thing that a lot of people have been mentioning is that people who are required to social distance don't need to practice social isolation. So even though you might not be allowed to leave your house and you're encouraged to only go to the grocery store once a week, they still acknowledge that it's super important for your mental health just as much as your physical health to keep in contact with loved ones or to see friends through FaceTime. So a lot of people as a result have been doing virtual activities. So we've seen classes being brought online or we've seen workout groups now going on Zoom to get that physical activity in and to see one another. We've seen retirement homes where they are using FaceTime to connect with their families that they can't see every day. And it's a really big thing to ensure that you're trying to keep your mental health as healthy as you can in times like this. Yeah, for a long time there was a lot of people saying that physical activity wasn't wasn't canceled, which is so true. Like um even sometimes going for a walk and like social distancing in that sense can be very beneficial and I think this is where we see our landscapes transform over COVID-19 because what people would usually be using is not necessarily um the same groups or same landscapes that they would be going to on a regular basis. Like I know right now parks are closed and you know so it co- it's causing people to go outside of their normal routine and maybe find new places or like you said find a new even online landscape that could relate to them and cause them that form of like mental stability and everything that they're missing from our normal routines. Yeah, we're definitely noticing how social scapes have been transforming throughout this pandemic and how they've been evolving and adapting to the current situation that we're facing. Um, another thing that has been very interesting that a lot of people have been taking into measures is um 
grocery shopping has been changing. And this is a big landscape that everyone uses because, like, grocery shopping is definitely, you know, it's essential. You need it, which is why they're staying open and people are still working. But they're currently, like, like it, a lot of it, you said, has been me- moving online and it's been causing um, this panic, especially through toilet paper with people buying, you know, dozens of rolls of toilet paper and, like, to stock up on, and you definitely see this change in the way that people are are using, like, common essential products um, in a very more consuming way than what they used to. Yeah, it's almost as though the pandemic is instilling fear into the consumer, and it's impacting and influencing the way that our production, our consumption landscapes are going about their everyday realm because people feel they need to buy all these things in the event that something else will close or something else will happen and it's impacting how people normally shop. And like you said about growing online, I actually just recently started a position with Coleman's Grocery here and they mentioned how before all this happened they were averaging about 10 online orders a day and since this trans- transformation they're now averaging about 500 orders a day online, which is a complete change from what they're used to. So even that in itself, I think, shows that the consumers and the producers, Coleman's, are being forced to think outside the box and go about their everyday production and consumption in a different method than before. Because in terms of online shopping, it's just so much more practical in terms of keeping yourself as safe as possible. No, for sure. And even um, online orders, but like, we just went down to, well, my, my stepdad went down, only because it's only one per family now. Um, it's supposed to go out and get the groceries, which is completely understandable and another rule that people should follow in terms of social distancing. But went down and, you know, you could only buy two big bags of toilet paper per person because Walmart had just came in with a new shipment because everywhere on the Buren Peninsula, where, where I am currently at, was, was sold out everywhere. So like you have to put these limits on these types of things if you're not if you're not doing it online. Then when you go to the grocery store, you have to be planned out of where you want to go and where other people are and you know, make sure that you have everything mapped out so that way you're not just roaming and you know looking around. Like it's not it's not time for those practices anymore, which can definitely change the way our food prices are or the way that stores are laid out, you know, they're maybe they'll start pushing essentials to the front of the store instead of like having them all the way in the back so people don't have to walk through yeah definitely i totally agree and i think that those effects that we are feeling here on our provincial scale are definitely noticed on a larger scale across the globe because i know that the first case it was originated in china so that's where the virus started so they were the first country to experience the effects that the virus has caused internationally so they've been closed down for close to three months now and practicing what we're now experiencing for a really long time. And they're only starting to now get back to normal come the end of March, early April. They're slowly transitioning back to how it was. And I think it's really important that given where we are, we are able to learn from their mistakes and learn from their successes onto how we should be progressing. So as of April 1st, just to give you guys a bit of context, there were just over 80,000 cases in China. The total deaths was 3,312, and that averages to about 57 cases per million people. 
and their population is 1.3 billion. So today, China is roughly past the curve because since some places are starting to open up and go, get back to work and get back to normal, but it's still important to recognize that these changes aren't stopping overnight and everything is slowly going to get back to normal to make sure that nothing as significant outbreaks again. I think it's super important to look at um, China because like they're just such a bigger scale than we are and it's important to look at how they dealt with these millions of people you know being um, infected and like you said now they are past the curve so they do have these maybe policies in place that we can look at um, they do have like uh, hospitals that know how to deal with this virus now that it's definitely something we should look at and even though they are on such a larger scale than us then we can adjust it to fit us, um, in a way. I totally agree. I think it's a great lesson that we can learn from them. Um, and another place that was really hit with it in terms of, once since we're speaking of scale, um, they do not have as big of a population. Um, they have 60 million, but Italy was hit very hard with it. Um, you know, they didn't really have the policies in place to think about it and they weren't um, based on the articles that we've read I don't think they really understood how difficult um, it was going to be to keep up with how fast the coronavirus spreads they didn't act fast enough in order to flatten the curve they weren't aware of all the necessary precautions that they needed to avail of before it was too late no for sure and that could be why they they surpassed China and the amount of deaths they've had, um, and their total cases now are over 105,000 cases, and their total deaths is up to, um, you know, 12,000, 12, and they have um, 1,700 cases per million people. Like you said, there's only 6 million people there, so you can really see on a scale compared to um, China's study where they had 1.3 billion people um, involved in it. Yeah, since they do have a population of 60 million, that's definitely significantly lower than 1.3 billion in China. So it definitely goes to show that they have more cases per density in that region. Mm -hmm. The reason they may have uh, experienced more death is because um, more passings is because of their aging population. So a lot of people think with the coronavirus, it definitely is respiratory. So you know, the older that you are the harder it is for your immune system to fight it off and the harder for your respiratory system to kind of deal with the impacts it's giving you. So that is, some people think that there could be a correlation between their high number and their their higher population age. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I've also read that in many articles. I think as well that one thing that's really important to take out of the Italy situation is that there are rumors going around that the lockdowns are actually causing the earth to regenerate and that there's almost a reversal of climate change happening and that there are more fish coming into the waters and dolphins coming closer to the coast. And there's been pictures of this all over the news, Facebook, Instagram, everything. But the National Geographic actually made a post saying that this isn't true and that the world isn't regenerating just because everything's been shut down for a few months. And I thought that that was really interesting because that just goes to show that it is so important to be critical about everything that we're reading and viewing on the internet because as much as that is such a positive concept and such a uncertain 
in a scary time. I think that it's important not to forget that everything that we are seeing happening online, and we're seeing a lot of it these days, to make sure that you view it with a critical lens and to make sure that your sources are accurate and that everything you're reading is in fact valid. Yeah, and it just goes to show that like, you know, of course people are trying to put positive information out there um, during these like difficult times, which is of course critical for people to have, but also too like as this pandemic is going on, we can't forget about because you know we are also still in a climate crisis, um, and that's that hasn't gone away, even though we are in this huge pandemic right now. So for people to maybe post these pictures, it could end up doing more bad than they would want it to do good, um, in a sense. And I think it's very important to look at that because our landscapes are not only changing from COVID nineteen, but they're still changing based on. Um, other forms of emergencies such as climate change Um, and it's definitely important to remember that as this is ongoing definitely it's important to still be concerned with the impacts that our developments are having on the natural world and how our actions are impacting those landscapes oh yeah of course Um, so another place we wanted to talk about is of course North America. Um, so, and of course, due to our geographic distance from the initial start of the virus, which was China, uh, North America was lucky in that we were able to see how the virus unfolded before it really came here um, and began to pose serious threats. Um, so, unlike other locations such as Italy, as we mentioned, uh, we have been able to learn from the from lessons uh, from other places to prevent. The sp- the spread and severity of the virus. So, for example, we were able to put in policies and we knew um, how difficult it was. So we've been, North America has been preparing for this uh, for quite a while now and we kind of made sure that we shut down, um, you know, we made sure that schools, they had schools lined up to go online and we really took precautions so that way we could maybe fight the virus off more significantly than places such as Italy has. Yeah, we definitely had the benefit in that. We were able to look at the virus and its impacts through a different lens from the sense that we had not yet been engulfed in it. And we were allowed to view it from the different lens in that we, since we weren't as involved, we could view it a bit more critically and step aside our personal values and think, what have they done that is beneficial? What was not? And what do we need to do to ensure that we are in the best position possible when it does come to North America. And I think that that was a really fortunate place that we were placed in. And it's very important that we do use those lessons moving forward. No, yeah, of course. And especially now um, here in Newfoundland, which is where me and you are both located, um, we were one of the last places in Canada to have its first case. Um, And like, this is likely due to the fact that our landscape has such physical barriers because we are an island that you know it probably it did have to come from outside of the province uh, we would assume Um, just like many other areas but we were able to kind of get ahead of it and I know for me like it felt like everyone was kind of talking about coronavirus throughout the last few weeks and before this but it's almost as though 
the pandemic here kind of started overnight. Like there was one day we were saying like, oh, like schools won't probably be shut down at least for a while. And then the next day people kind of realized that we need to be prepared for this when it comes so that way we can, you know, control how many individuals do get affected by this and we can try to lessen the curve um, so we are not too harshly um, impacted by it. Absolutely. So today, which is March 31st, right now we have 152 cases in the province of Newfoundland and we have one reported death. So these numbers are relatively low for the time being. It's unfortunate that we've had any deaths at all and I totally believe that this needs to not increase whatsoever for neither of those. And I think it's going to be really interesting to tune in next week for our second episode where we will then compare how the cases in Newfoundland on our scale, our provincial scale, have evolved or not evolved, and maybe what we have done as a population to affect or maintain this landscape. So in next week's episode, just to explain a little bit further where we're gonna go for the episode two, we are gonna discuss the personal landscapes that have been created and modified across the province, and we're gonna compare the rapidly environment and rapidly changing environment that we have experienced in the past and that we are experiencing currently and in the future yeah and we're you know so excited for you guys to tune in next week and we'll even have more you know more stories about where all of our cases have been coming from and really take a look into how different places within the province have been dealing with this thanks so much for tuning in